0: everyone thank you so much for clicking on this episode of pages from my notebook a true to life podcast my name is erica i'm your host and i'm tired no scratch that i am exhausted if there's a word higher than that for not having the energy or ability to do anything i'm there probably like everyone else on the face of the planet because we're still in a pizza hut People are still racist, still being stupid, still not listening, and people are, everything is just asking for too much of everyone, given the circumstances that everyone has nothing left to give. It doesn't add up, it doesn't make sense, and I just, I don't know how I keep going through every day. It seems like every time I make some progress, something else gets thrown at me and it just comes back. And I don't know if that's just how life is supposed to go. It does happen. But it's like, can I please get a break? This week's episode is all about when life seems impossible to manage. It's been like that for a while for me. Every semester, I think, oh, it's going to get better. I'm going to do better. And the same things keep happening regardless of the tools I use to try and remedy it. I just, I... I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know how I had the energy to write this outline, how to sit down and even to edit this, which I'll have finished by the time you're listening to it, obviously. But uh, I just need to rant (laughs) y'all. There's only so much for me. Like when I get overwhelmed, I just overplay the like same things in my head until the feelings just explode. And I just, I'm doing too much and I have to like go off like a bomb and just reset but that wastes a lot of time and energy, and I really don't like doing it. So I'm just gonna talk. I'm just gonna go through everything that I'm feeling, and hopefully y'all can relate. And yeah, so let's go. The thing that gets me, about existing really, but about my life at this current moment, is that everything going on thinks that they're the only thing you have to deal with. For example, with school, Okay, starting off, each class is the work, or at least assigns you the work, the readings, the discussion posts, the essays, the tests, whatever, as if you have all of your time to completely dedicate to that one class. Never mind the fact that you have to find time to go to work, have a social life, have a romantic life, talk to your family, manage your money, stay healthy pay bills, have a roof over your head, not live in trash and think about your future. It's just, I don't, I'm trying, I'm trying to just stay alive, right? To keep myself afloat, make sure, make sure I have a roof over my head and food most of the time in my body, but it seems like going beyond the bare minimum isn't possible. Like I mentioned in the intro, Once I get a little bit of progress, it just seems like the cycle repeats itself. The world sees me doing too good. It's like, nope, let's knock her back down a few pegs. (laughs) And just, if you could see my planner right now, my my one of like four planners that I have trying to manage everything, it just, I don't know. It's stuff that has to be done, but a lot of it, I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) It's like... I know I have the capability to survive and to manage all of these things, right? But I don't have it within me at the current moment with everything being what it is. That was a really jumbled sentence. But for example, taking four classes, if each of them assigns you the work as if you have 12 hours a day to spend for that class, there are things that are not going to get done. I'm not going to read every single chapter and reading in its entirety, especially if they're long and there are multiple of them for each class. I'm going to skim through the lectures. I'm going to do what I can to find the answers and get it done because I just have something else to do. And especially with school, I hate that because I feel like I'm not getting what I paid for. (laughs) I'm not learning all that I'm supposed to, but I literally don't have the time. If I were to sit down and do the work like I was supposed to for every single class and really learn and absorb the information and take notes, I wouldn't have time to do literally anything else. I would wake up, go to class, do the homework, maybe eat and breathe. And that's it. There literally would not be enough time. I would just have to be a machine. And obviously that's not realistic, but that's what's expected of us. And I really, I hate that for me i hate that for me i hate that for everybody so on top of school there's work i have two jobs i keep doing this to myself honestly i do i like to shop consumerism it gets me i participate i've had a job since i was 16 because i wanted to buy my own buy my own stuff and have money but now as an adult i'm tired i'm tired of it Speaking of money, I'm tired of that having so much emphasis and control over our lives. Capitalism aside, even just other people, seeing other people with money and this like influencer culture of always trying to sell you something, which ties back into your self esteem. It's like, do I need all this stuff? It's a lot, but I have two jobs. That is a whole monster in itself that's another time crunch i have to travel there i have to actually be engaged and spend time and of course they're all jobs where i have to interact with people and be you know personable and sell things and when you don't have the energy when your energy is being pulled in so many different directions obviously you can't perform your best but i have to pull it from somewhere i really don't know where but somewhere so i don't get fired so i don't have more troubles with money then we have friends and family being in my college city i haven't seen one of my friends in i i can't even say four months since it was warm outside maybe september october i can't remember the last time i sat and like studied with a person talked to a person went to or got food with a person you know covid safe or whatever, I feel like I'm just trapped in this box, in this routine, where the only people I talk to are people I have to talk to (laughs) for school or work or whatever. And not that those people are just the worst, but I don't like that I can't spend time with people that I have relationships with and really care about. It makes me sad. And my family is just in my phone and trying to keep up with them and everything going on at home and worrying about those things. And there are things that they don't tell you that you find out afterwards and it's just feeling like you're missing out on certain things and trying to keep up with everybody in both of those circles all of their lives what they have going on and just trying to be a good person who listens and you know has empathy <laughs> and can relate to other people on top of that everything is virtual your school is virtual your work is virtual your friends and family are virtual So when, how do you separate the two? How do I separate the internet from being a tool of stress versus a vehicle for relaxation? I don't know. All I know is that my screen time is almost 24 hours. (laughs) No, I'm kidding, but it's really bad. It's so hard to differentiate what time you need to spend doing this, what time you need to spend doing that, doing that. I have deadlines i have important dates sometimes they overlap sometimes they don't there's other things that pop up that you have to fit in like i'm trying to go to the gym more i'm trying to eat healthier cooking for myself i have to prep ingredients and spend time doing the actual cooking then dishes for the life of me if i could never wash dishes again i would be so grateful i literally would rather clean a bathroom then do dishes. I just hate. I hate it. I hate standing in one spot. I get too hot. It's nasty. Like you have to do it. I feel like I wash dishes five times a day. I, anyway, <laughs> in that same vein, I also have to take care of an apartment. Would you think okay, what there's like four rooms, in here you generate trash. You generate laundry. You have to replenish things, change things, keep things organized. It's like how as one person do i generate all of this mess that i then have to clean up i don't understand if that's just in my personality or if there's something wrong with me that i uh, i don't know my space is there for me to live in obviously and be comfortable but then when i don't have energy to maintain the comfortability then it just becomes another another chore another another chore And then on top of everything else going on, the universe decided to send me a little bit of a love life at this point in time, which if you've listened to literally any other episode of the podcast, I've been asking for this since I was like 12. So I'm not, (laughs) I'm not upset at the fact that I now have somebody in my life that I care for in that way, I just feel as though it's unfair that both of us are at the same point in life where we're overwhelmed by the other aspects of our lives and thus our relationship with each other sometimes suffers because we're both still trying to figure ourselves out while figuring out the other person. Now I am very grateful for this person that the relationship is not problematic and I don't have to second guess and do a whole bunch of other things you girls out here are doing that you could just look on the shade room and read about people's relationships that are going wrong. So I really cherish this person and it just, uh, I just hate that I can't and don't have the time I want to a lot to spend with them. And you know, when your heart is involved, it becomes even worse than when it's just your brain that feels stressed out because it's more than just something you need to do, it's something you really want to do and y'all know I've never experienced this before so my heart is like girl we need we need to go to him and my brain is like we can't but we want to to and I don't know when you can't be with a person that you really care for it just I don't know how y'all do it because I don't like it it's hard (laughs) it's just not fun but it's just hard everything is hard and I'm Just everything, everything. And that's not even the last thing on my list because out of all these things that I mentioned that I have to manage, I also have to think about what future me is going to do, what me in five, ten years, probably even two years, is going to think about. I'm at that, I guess, more than mid-school life crisis where you're in college and it's almost, you're finished with your general classes, you're getting into what you want to do as a career, and you have to start going out into the field and getting experience while still try and manage everything else. And it's like, how can I prepare for who I'm going to be when I'm still figuring out how to live with who I am right now? I feel like that's an age old question and it happens to literally every single human being on the planet that is capable of thought. And we still haven't found an answer yet. I don't like that. <laughs> it feels like everything The ability to handle everything is within me, but everything is still crushing me at the same time. I'm not every woman. I wish I was like Whitney or Shaka Khan and be every woman, have it all in me, but I often question it, not because I don't think I can. Well, I won't even say that. I know that in some way, shape, or form, the ability to handle everything that's in my life is within me, but it's not within me at its full form within the current moment. And the major thing is i feel like i don't have time to develop the skills in which would allow me to be able to handle everything that's going on because it's not like life is like okay we're gonna pause everything that we're asking of you and give you more time to figure it out so then you can press play and it'll all come back and you can handle easily no everything is happening at the same exact time so trying to expend the energy to figure out who you are and how you best function while everything is still coming at you It's like you're playing wipeout (laughs) it's like you're playing dodgeball and your arms are tied (laughs) you're just like running like a chicken with your head cut off trying to figure things out and things are going to slip you're going to make mistakes and if you're anything like me that's going to add to how bad you're feeling because you're a perfectionist and you hate being embarrassed by making mistakes yeah love that also that reminds me i probably should go back to therapy But do I have the time in my schedule to sit down for an hour and expend the really intense emotional energy of therapy? If you've ever been, you know what it's like. And I'm a crier. I cried everything. So you know how much that drains you. Then I'll need a nap. And I don't have time. (laughs) It all comes back to time, which is really our most precious resource. And I need to be like Thanos and collect some stones so I can control it because I don't have enough of it. And I feel that maybe the worst part of it all is that scheduling time for yourself and self-care begins to feel like a chore. And instead of time that's replenishing and relaxing, that gives you back your strength, your energy, your essence, whatever that you've been expending for all these other areas, it just feels like another thing you have to check off the list. I really hope that future me who comes back and listens to this episode is just laughing At how stressed out, I am sitting here at my desk in my first apartment by myself as a junior in college recording this podcast, feeling so overwhelmed because she's figured out at least some of it or she's upgraded. So her problems make these seem minuscule. Actually, let's scratch that. I do not wish that for myself, (laughs) but I just hope sometime soon things will start to make sense. Maybe not even soon. Well, see, I don't even know anymore. I just, (laughs) I really don't know. Maybe that's the worst part is not knowing. In this episode, I wanted to focus on a phenomenon that I think, emphasis on think, is the root of how I feel overwhelmed because my brain, my anxious brain, it always goes towards future? What is going to happen based on the choices that I'm making right now? And I think the fact of that comes from at this point in my life, I'm entering a new level of both what's available to me and my skill set of what I can do. But I'm still feeling behind and like I haven't finished The level that I was previously on. Like I watched an ad and I got a power up. And now I'm moving on to this next level. (laughs) But I didn't really learn how to solve the first one. That's just how I feel. Which is completely valid. But now me sitting here thinking about it. I know that it's my imposter syndrome popping up again. I don't know why she won't go away. But I just feel like I work hard. I deserve The things that I'm earning, the higher responsibilities, the level of prestige, so to say, or I guess title and opportunity. Yeah, I said opportunities presented to me, but I still feel behind or like I don't deserve them. And I really don't like that because I'm stressing myself out and working so hard and I'm receiving the fruits of my labor, but I feel like I didn't actually do the work. I don't know why that happens. And like I said before, I need to go back to therapy to figure it out, but (laughs) I'm going through these growing pains of coming into myself as a woman, who I am in this world, what I want my home to look like, figuring out my career, what impact I want to make in my career, my social life, the type of people I want to surround myself with, the type of friend I want to be to other people, the person I am in a relationship, the things I need to fix about that person, the person I want to be in a relationship how I communicate with other people, how I manage my money, what I demand and won't put up with. There's a lot going on. So it's growing pains coming into the person I'm supposed to be. At 21, this feels maybe a little dribbling, but it's really not. Because there are people that I went to high school with who are full-blown parents and have a family and made all these different choices and are like, I don't know. I don't want to speak on other people because people make choices that I wouldn't make all the time, but they're the ones that they made and maybe they're happy with them, maybe they're not, but that's what they went with. And it makes me think, why am I going the hard route when people went this other way? And they're content with maybe having less because it's easier. But I know what I want for myself. I want more. And of course, that road is going to be harder. So it's going to require more of me. And I know I don't, and I don't deserve to settle for less because what service is that doing for me? And what disservice is that doing to the world by not living up to my full potential and following my dreams and making myself happy? So here I am back again. Running out of time to take care of myself, to prepare to be the person that I'm meant to be. And not even me preparing myself, because all the things that I'm faced with are trying to prepare me to become that person. But it's cyclical. Everything comes back to each other. Because of the things I have to do, I don't have time to take care of myself. Because I don't have time to take care of myself, I feel like I'm not presenting my best self to the things that I have to do somehow I actually am, because I keep getting more opportunities and leveling up, but still feeling behind. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So to try to work through what I think I mean to say, let's start with my job. So I have two jobs, job A, job B. Job B is a new one that I got strictly to make more money, because job A is more of a passion We'll, we'll get to job A, but just know that job B is there for monetary purposes, and it's cool, it's great, it works with my schedule, but I don't know. In both A and B, I feel underpaid, which is really, I feel, the root of all the problems because, to be honest, I'm a great employee. I follow directions well, I ask questions, I engage. I'm good at what I do because when you give me an assignment to do, because I hate failure and embarrassing myself through failing, I'm going to do the best that I can. (laughs) And that goes back to being toxic on myself because I'm hard on myself. But Job B is there. It's cool. I like it. I'm doing what I have to do. But job A, this job I've had for longer and it's more of a specialty position. It appeals to my strengths and things that I like, which is English, editing, writing, things of that nature. And this summer, I was not upgraded, not promoted, because that's like a whole different thing. But I was given the opportunity to step into a leadership role that will then evolve into essentially being the leader of the organization at the student level. To stop being vague, okay, because I'm confusing myself. Right now, I'm an assistant editor-in-chief, and then next year, I will upgrade to being the editor-in-chief, singular, just me. And I'm assuming I get to choose my own assistant, which is crazy for me to even say. I'll have an assistant? What? I'm going to be in chief of something? That's insane. But now, accepting the role as assistant-in-chief, I'm already taking on the responsibilities of that position. So I'm corresponding more with outside people. I'm sending emails, I'm running meetings, I'm putting together presentations and spreadsheets and assigning people things and reporting things and having extra meetings. And it's a lot of responsibility. I'm incredibly honored that my boss and the other person above me thought of me, that my name was being spoken in rooms that I didn't even know of, that my name was being brought up in conversations that I didn't know were happening, that's powerful. That's powerful, that's insane. And to me, that's the biggest showing that A, your hard work doesn't go unnoticed. There are always people who are taking notice of you, whether they let you know or not. And I think that's part of why I always go so hard on myself to do my best because I know that that's happening and the confusing thing is in other situations sometimes you do your best and you don't get chosen for things so then you think why am I going so hard when nobody's seeing what I'm doing but then in other situations people recognize that and they let you know when you're ready for it and that's the thing being an adult is about patience okay that's a whole different tangent (laughs) But essentially, my name was being spoken in rooms I didn't even know about. And that's the power of representing yourself well. But also, when you represent yourself well, you're given more opportunities. And to whom much is given, hence the title of this episode, Much is Required. And now, me going back to feeling like doing my very best is actually the minimum. I wasn't prepared to think about how much more I would have to work now given more responsibility compared to what am I saying (laughs) basically I'm putting extra pressure on myself now that I have even more responsibility because I want to do extra extra well instead of just extra well. Right? And I'm putting this pressure on myself, which is the worst part about it because my bosses and supervisors are the nicest, kindest, most flexible, understanding people and they don't expect the world of me, but I expect it of myself. And that's where my pride comes in and I feel like I have to handle everything by myself and put on this front that I can do it because I was chosen for this role, when really that's not what they asked me. They didn't ask me to run every single thing and manage everything by myself on top of school my other job, all the other things that I have on my plate. Nobody asked that of me. And these are these growing pains because I'm stepping into a leadership position and I have to recognize and come to realization of who I am as a leader in this new stage of my life. I was used to being a leader in middle school and high school where the stakes were much lower, but this is a university publication where I'm interacting with people from all over the world, let alone higher-ups within my university who now know my name and what I look like and the type of work that I produce and represent. That's monumental, that's amazing. For me, I hate that I turn that into extra pressure on myself instead of celebrating myself that I have the capability and that I am the type of person who is worthy of higher positions because I do great work. I need to work on congratulating myself for doing great work instead of downplaying the things that I'm doing because I think that's just what I'm supposed to do. With this role coming at this time in my career where I only have a short time in university left, I'm thinking about the impact that I wanna make not only on this publication, but on the university as a whole. My thing in life is that I want to be remembered for contributing and doing something great. So given this opportunity, this higher position, this platform, especially as a black woman at a university that's like five or 6% black, I'm again, putting the pressure on myself, but it's important to me to make an impact and to make something that lasts. So on top of the extra responsibilities, just managing the position, I'm thinking, ahead to the future of what I want the publication to look like after and while I'm there but also after I've left it and now that I'm talking it out I think another lesson I need to learn is that it's like that quote goes people will forget what you did and what you said but not how you made them feel so I really need to focus on How am I interacting with other people on the team? How am I coming across in my tone when I speak to people or email people now? How good of a listener am I? How good am I at being adaptable to other people's needs? Do other people feel comfortable coming to me, talking to me, telling me their problems or concerns? Am I creating an environment that people like to work in? Those are things that people are going to remember about me more than what a cover of a journal look like, or what articles were inside of it. Those things are important to me, but what's important is the interactions I have with people because word of mouth is what's going to get you places. Like I said before, people were speaking my name because of the work that I did, but the speaking is what got me to the position I am now. So if I can make the impact in how I speak to people and thus how they speak about me to others, that's the most important thing I need to focus on. But I am letting the work and the exhaustion of doing the work and managing the work get in the way of thinking about the person I want to be in my interactions. And I'm putting the pressure on myself to make that impact in these external factors more than how I am within the personable relationships. This isn't saying that I'm mean <laughs> to anybody. I think I'm nice. Nobody has like said it. I try to be accommodating and concerning and because these people I'm working with are my peers they're students just like me so there's really not that big a stakes you know that way but I'm conscious of that too and I try to not overcompensate but I don't know I'm trying to juggle everything at once so I just have to remember that my focus should be on how I speak to people not necessarily all in what I produce. So that's how I'm feeling about work at the current moment. (laughs) As you can tell, I take it pretty seriously because the work I do, it means a lot to me because it represents me, but I've talked enough about that. The next most pressing thing is school. I mentioned it a little bit before, but I'm at this point an almost finished with second semester junior, meaning that in like four or five short months, I will be entering my final, hopefully final year of undergrad. What? How? I remember being the anxiety-filled freshman, not knowing what she was getting herself into. And now somehow I've been here for three years. It doesn't add up. See where time is going? (laughs) It goes so slow so fast at the same time year one trash horrible year two much better compared to the other circumstances finding my footing year three sprinkle the sprinkle in the pandemic on top of that we're gonna plateau because year two at the end i was having fun i was going out i was talking to people i was living my life pandemic everything stops social life progress i feel like i said plateaued didn't get to where i wanted it to be and now year three trying to manage everything but more more importantly getting into the specifics and skills that i will take into the workforce and here we go with miss imposter syndrome i feel like first of all don't know how I didn't drop out. <laughs> well, I do know, but it still feels incredulous to me that I got to a point where I wanted to drop out. But now that I've come back from it, I don't know. I don't know why I feel I went through literal hell and high water. And somehow don't know why I think that I don't deserve to be here or that I haven't earned my spot here you know just sitting here that's some bullshit why do I do that why do I do that to myself I hate that (laughs) wow not me dragging me and having a revolution on the podcast come on y'all come on (laughs) oh my gosh anyway but for some reason well not some reason I think I've reached this road. revolution is that because i failed so hard so early on i feel like that's always waiting around the corner there's always going to be some other shoe to drop and that somehow i'm going to be back to that girl who was depressed had no motivation and lost her ability to perform academically and again the problematic nature of putting my self worth into my academic or work performance is trash So, I hate that I realize all of this, and yet it still happens. It still happens. I still think, I don't know anything. I don't know what I've learned. But the reality is, if you ask me a question about urban studies, I can sit and have a conversation with you about it. Maybe I can't quote every single person who's ever said anything that I'm talking about, but I can explain concepts to you. I can explain, in good wording, why I want to do what I want to do. I learn the information and figuring out how things are structured, which will in turn affect how I go about solving the problems that I want to solve. I can do that. But I'm scared of the possibility that I will fail again and embarrass myself. I'm scared. I'm scared to death of it. And another part of that is This is the time where I need to be going out into the field and getting experience beyond the classroom. So that should take the shape of an internship. Finding one in real life pre-RONA was hard enough, but finding one, hopefully remotely, virtually, not being able to network efficiently because Zoom networking is the most awkward thing, especially with older people who don't really know how to use it. It's just, it feels like there's so many more obstacles now in my way of finding an internship because of availability but then I'm in my own way because I think that I won't be good at it or that I'll fail at it and then I'm also scared of not being able to find one because when people ask me oh what have you done in the field or and we'll get to it but when I applied to grad school what experience do you have I won't have any and it won't just be and it won't just be because the opportunities weren't there But it's because I held myself back from going out and finding them. And that's the worst thing, I don't want to hold myself back from anything. But it all comes back to the fact that I feel like I don't have the time to both survive now and prepare for the future. I have to go to class, learn the information, write the papers, Talk to the professors, do the networking, get the connections, secure the internship, find more time to go to the internship and do more of the work that I don't have time for. And it, you see how it seems impossible? And you see how I have room to psych myself out of going for what I want and need because of all these external things? You see how it's cyclical? And it becomes so overwhelming And if you're like me, a Libra who can't make decisions, you sit and you stay in the same place and nothing gets done. And I know that really things are getting done because I'm exhausted and working myself to the bone. So obviously I'm doing some work at the end. It just feels overwhelming like I haven't done anything, but I digress. Going on to trying to finish up my undergraduate career and preparing for graduate school. Now, grad school, for a lot of people, it's something that's not really necessary. But for me, I feel like because in undergrad, I wasted a lot of time not being in my field. I won't say wasted because I didn't know that's what I wanted to do. But I feel as though graduate school will provide me the opportunity and more time. Here it is coming back positive to get more experience and really focus in and become confident in the information that I know and the skills that I'll gain that I can then apply in my career now I know I want to go to grad school I do know but currently when I sit and think about how overwhelmed I am in undergrad and then I think about graduate school we have to come up with or deal with assistantships where you're teaching other people supposedly what you learned in undergrad because they're in undergrad and there's more anxiety there what if I fail at being a TA what if I fail at a job doing that what if I what if grad school is like a completely different beast and I'm not prepared for the level of work and then like even before I get in that's assuming I get in and can afford it it's the cycle of applying, getting my hopes up, writing essays, getting recommendation letters. Oh my goodness. Talking about experience, in, uh, interviews, costs, financial aid. I don't know how financial aid works for adults. It's hard enough as a child. So there's, it's a whole nother beast and it's not distant future anymore. I need to, so, I need to apply this September. Of 2021. That is insane to me. (laughs) On top of that, it's not just going to school again, graduate school. This is, it's not just the school that I'm picking and the program. It's where I want to live. It's where I want to start my adult life. You know, (laughs) a lot of the programs that I want are in California or Texas or DC, major cities. And even states that I've never been to in my life. So you can imagine how scary it is feeling like if I get to this place and then once I get there feeling like I'm going to flounder and fail because I could barely keep myself together in undergrad when I had much more safety nets and cushions around me to catch me if I do fall. And wondering how as an adult who always say enjoy your young, when you're young because that's the most time you'll have. Already feeling like I won't have time and now coming up on the time in my life where I'm about to not have any more time, petrified, scared shitless of what could happen. And this is me currently in my anxious overwhelmed state. So if you catch me at another day in time, maybe once I've like had a bath and I'm relaxed, I'll think about the positive aspects, the good things that can happen, the resources that I know that I have that will help me prepare. But at the current moment, with undergrad, with grad school, with jobs, love, friends, family, health, maintaining everything, you see how at a certain point, you just just can't you can no longer do the things (laughs) that you need to do, you want to do, that are required of you. You just can't. And that's why so many people shut down and do drop out and stop going after their goals because everything just demands so much time. And because of society and timeline and pressures, we think, we tell people what they should do and don't give them the tools to help them get there. You should go to college, it costs $100,000. You should apply for scholarships. You never meet any of the requirements. You You should, you should, you should, you should, you should, you should, but no, here's how we can help you. And there are, of course, people out there and resources out there, but again, more time and going to seek them out. And that is a job of our institutions to connect students with the resources better but that's a whole another issue for me i'm talking about how i feel i feel like i have to manage it all i feel like i have to manage literally every single thing i don't know how i have i don't know how i'm going to continue to and that's the scary part because there's so much that i want there's so much that i want and there's so much that i know that i'm capable of and i'm scared that I'm getting in my own way, and I'm not seeing the things that are out there to help. I'm I'm scared. I'm just scared. I'm running out of time to realize it. I'm running out of time, running out of time to fix the problems. I'm just. I feel like I'm running out of everything. Now, my rational mind, I know that that's not true. But now, with everything, that's how I feel. And it's the back and forth of hopefulness, hopelessness, hopefulness, hopelessness that I'm really trying to grapple with. How much of this is a product of my own imagination and how much of it is a product of my imagination because of the pressures put on me by everyone saying you should have your career figured out by this time, constantly asking, how was school? What are your goals? What do you have going on? How much of that pressure is contributing to not only mine, but millions of students or young people's ability to handle everything that they have going on? It has to get better. When? I don't know, but it has to. It's a win and not an if. So after all that, there has to be ways, small, no matter how big or small they are, that we manage and somehow scrape by even if we feel like it's impossible to get through the next day. So these are just some things that work for me that I've been trying and that hopefully can help you if you relate to how I'm feeling. So the first thing is to mute block, delete, erase anything that makes you feel bad about yourself or your situation or anything that distracts you from your goals. So this can be people, this can be certain foods, this can be social media, this is just anything in your life that you feel takes up too much of your time but is something that strictly you can control. You can control how much screen time you have to an extent. You see how everything comes back, (laughs) but try to limit or get rid of things that make you feel bad. If certain foods always make your stomach hurt, stop eating them. If going to bed at 3 a.m. leaves you groggy in the morning, don't do that. You know, change up your habits and your routines to better serve yourself. The next thing which goes hand in hand is making easy and positive practices part of your daily habits. They say it takes like 21 days and six minutes or something to make a habit. Just try it and it'll kick in when it kicks in, honestly. So these can be basic things like brushing your teeth. When you're feeling down and overwhelmed, things like bathing really can slip by the wayside. And that is a telltale sign that you need a break and things need to be switched up. So... Try to make little things part of your routine. For me, I absolutely hate doing the dishes, but in order to make it easier on myself, even if I don't feel like doing all of them, I'm going to rinse them so at least part of the way is done. So I'm not having to tackle this huge task all at once, even though I really don't want to do it at any point. But things like making sure you pick up trash that you've generated around your apartment or straightening up at least once a day or every other day, I just start, I just grab a big trash bag and I go around to each room and then once it's full, I take it out. These are all about small things you can do to help yourself. So if you don't want to spend an entire day cleaning, start incorporating small cleaning tips within your daily routine that take less than five minutes and it'll cut down the time so you feel like you have more of it or you're using it more effectively. Another cleaning tip, putting your clothes into laundry baskets instead of a pile on the floor. Putting your cleaning supplies in an easy-to-reach space, just little, small, minuscule things you think won't make a difference. I promise they will. And even stuff that you don't necessarily think about, like opening a window, breathing in fresh air, getting cold water, those things really can help you sort of reset and ground yourself because when you get overwhelmed, you start to dissociate and your mind takes you to all these different places that aren't the reality of where you actually are. More grounding exercises are journaling. I choose to put some of them in audio form that you're listening to right now. Exercise is a big one. I've been going to the gym. I do the elliptical because it's like running without actually running and you get the same endorphins and adrenaline and it's great. But my most favorite tried and true trick is just screaming. It could be into a pillow. It could be out loud. You could do it at a park, but literally just... Yelling honestly helps a lot more than you think it might. If people look at you or they hear you, fine. But just screaming into the void really helps you release a lot of stress. <laughs> and it got me through freshman year. So highly recommend. The next thing to help you out is to learn your best windows of productivity and your best areas. So this means that you realize That maybe you're a morning person, maybe you're a night person, whatever, but you're shifting the times that you do work and activities into times of the day and spaces that you know help you be the most productive. For example, when I wake up in the morning, I like to lay in bed and relax, do whatever I want, spend the time thinking about my day, thinking about whatever comes to my brain, to eat breakfast, make breakfast... Just even looking out the window, in the mornings, I need that time for myself to connect back to myself to get ready for the rest of my day. And I get more energy in the afternoon and at night. I'm a night owl. I like to stay up. So I know that I need to start work and I'll probably get more work done if I start in the mid to late afternoon and if I go to a place where there are other people also doing work. So the library is great, especially now because it's way less crowded than it used to be pre-pandemic. So you can always find a seat basically wherever you want. And it's relatively quiet. People aren't running around screaming, doing whatever shenanigans they were doing before. And I realized that I like to work outside. I like the outdoors more than I ever thought I would, which is crazy. But I have an outdoor blanket. I go sit in the park, on the plaza, different lawns. Anywhere where I can still connect to Wi-Fi and do work, I bring it outside. So even though I'm doing something I may not necessarily need to do, I'm doing it in an environment that helps me relax at the same time. Next tip is to automate whatever you can. So as you do the aforementioned steps and they become part of your routine, that counts as automating things as well. You're tricking your brain, or I guess training your brain into doing these things that help you and it just becomes part of your routine and you're helping yourself more than if you didn't do those things, obviously. And then with electronics, you can help them work for you and with you. So there are literally millions of apps that can help you do a number of things productively with setting alarms, setting your bedtime, scheduling, screen time, locking certain apps so you can't get distracted, things like that can all help you fit your needs, and there are a lot of mental health apps that I really enjoy. I've been using Balance for meditations, Dipsy, my favorite, it now has like sleep sounds and different stories like that, so if you want a sensual man to read you to sleep, as I often do, there's that out there for you. (laughs) Even things that help you remember tasks, like I have an app that tells me when to water my plants based on what type of plant they are in the location. And then obviously you can put your bills on like auto pay, things like that. Just try and make your resources work for you. This is my new favorite technique, but it's to say no. I talk about the power of no, saying no, not doing things that you actually don't wanna do a lot because it was the biggest revelation for me, especially my younger self, who didn't know how to stand up for herself and was more of a people pleaser than I still am today. But we're working on it, okay? So saying no. And my thing with saying no is that I feel guilty for not giving people more of my time. But the whole issue here is that we feel like we don't have enough time, especially for ourselves. So to overextend even further, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're worn out and you're doing the other people a disservice because you're not showing up as your best self so you could be bringing down the mood making other people feel worse even though other people's reactions to what you're going through isn't really your problem you know when you're not feeling it sometimes it's best to just sit out and say no and this is especially helpful if you think about the thing you're going to say yes to if those people have shown up for you in the past if they have Maybe sometimes, if it means a lot to you, you can muster up the energy, the strength, whatever you need to show up for those people. But if they haven't, or you don't know them, or you've had bad experiences, but you just quote unquote feel bad, it's a no for me, dog, it's gonna be a no. But also when we say no, especially to rest, we feel guilty for taking time for ourselves. There are so many times I felt horrible after taking a nap because I knew I had things to do with that time. You realize how terrible that is? Like my body told me I needed to sleep and I felt bad for listening to it. That's horrible. I really hate that that happens and I don't want it to any further. And so that's also a message to me that I need to set more limits with myself, let alone other people. So when I say no to doing work after 8pm, or when I say no to coming to six different organizations' events, I'm setting limits with myself because I respect myself. And thus, other people will respect me for saying no. And on the other hand, you should say yes. Say yes to including things in your day that you know bring you joy. So if saying yes comes at the cost of saying no to something else, that's okay. Say no to stressful things that don't help, that make you feel burnt out and overwhelmed. And say yes to restoration and rejuvenation and other good words that start with the letter R (laughs) that you need at the moment. Say yes to your needs. Say yes to yourself. Don't deny yourself the state of well-being. Because who does that serve? I'll wait. No, I won't. It doesn't serve anybody. So say yes to yourself and things that you know you need. And finally, my last tip for helping to manage the seemingly unmanageable is to ask for help. I know a lot of people hate doing that, myself included. I hate Feeling like I'm incapable of something I hate. Other people thinking that I can't do something or I'm incapable, I hate feeling weak, I'm embarrassed by failing. So for me, not being able to handle something means that I failed, which means that that's bad, so I have to hide it. But we're unlearning that. Don't let your pride get in the way of your well-being. Pride will not save you when you're drowning. Pride will not pick you up out of your dark depression, sadness, struggle, it will just leave you there and it will help dig the hole even deeper because it's saying, we can get out of this, we can do this, but you're actually self-sabotaging. So there are always options for help. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel. Even if you can't see it yet, it's always there. There are always, always, always different options. Start by talking to people you trust, people that you know won't judge you. Move on from there. Reach out to your employer, your university, your whatever. There's always something, someone, somewhere that will help you. You do not, cannot, and should not carry everything in your life alone. Ask for help. Woo. I know that was a lot, y'all, but I just had to get it out. It was to a point where I consider just lying in bed and just not turning in anything and just dealing with the consequences. But that's not going to serve me in the long run because, as I've said for the last hour now, there are goals and things I want and I know I can accomplish. I just need to sit down, realize and acknowledge how I'm feeling, that it's valid, and then take a look at my resources and see where I can make changes. You can always make changes and you can always ask for help. In doing that, you do not have to handle literally everything alone. If you've been feeling overwhelmed like me, take this as a sign to go take a nap. After you finish this episode and you've shared it with 10 people, go take a nap. Take a rest. Get some sleep because you're probably lacking it. After you do that, wake up, drink some water. Okay, then go to the gym and then come back and tell me you don't feel a little bit better. Now, the things that I've mentioned that helped me may not be what's for you. There could be something else out there that helps you that I don't know of or that I've tried and I don't really care for. But it's all about giving yourself time, even though you feel like you don't have time. So you can give yourself five minutes. You can take a break from anything for five minutes, even if it's due that day. So whether that's deep breathing, going outside, getting some water, you can do this. Life is hard. It's going to be hard, especially if you're a student, a young person, starting to become what they call an adult and figuring everything out, balancing friends, love, family, work, future goals, everything. It's a lot. Nobody should really have to handle this at this point in time. I feel like everything is unnecessarily difficult, but that's the product of white men in power for you. So... I hope this episode provided you a little bit of a reprieve from whatever you have going on. I know it was very cathartic and therapeutic for me just to sit here and talk it out. Talk to you all, even though I'm talking to myself, but it feels like I'm talking to you all because it just does, okay? You know, I'm rambling because I'm trying to avoid going back to my work, but I hope you felt me. I hope this was- well, I don't hope it's relatable because I don't want you all to feel overwhelmed like me, but I know it probably is to maybe somebody out there. So I greatly appreciate you for listening. I thank you and I hope to have you listening again soon. Pages from My Notebook, a true to life podcast, is a passion project by yours truly, Erica Barnes. Read episode descriptions and more at pagesfrommynotebookpod.com. Follow the pod on Instagram at PagesFromMyNotebookPod and like the pod on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PagesFromMyNotebookPod. You can support the pod monthly via Anchor at anchor.fm slash Erica-Barnes slash support. I hope to have you listening again soon.